What's up? Welcome to the brand new Slab Bodyboarding Podcast, a show all about, you guessed it, bodyboarding. We've thrown in some other wicked stuff too, just to keep it fresh. We've got some seriously cool guests lined up, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This episode is brought to you by Thunderbomb Surf Camp in northern Nicaragua. Set in an uncrowded wave paradise, Thunderbomb offers an all-inclusive experience, providing great food, service, and a unique attention to detail. Oh, and did I mention, awesome waves. Check out their website, www.thunderbombsurf.com, and use discount code SLAB23 when booking to get 10% off your stay. If you're into CBD oil, this next one is for you. We've teamed up with the guys at hempoid.co.uk to get you 25% off. Just follow the link in my Insta bio and use discount code SLAB23 on checkout. Hempoid is quality stuff, GMO-free and organic certified. CBD oil is said to offer a wide range of benefits. It's known to help with things from chronic pain to improving sleep quality. But if you're into CBD oil, you'll know all that already. In this episode, we're talking to Tracy Effinger. Tracy is a woman's pipe champ, world tour competitor, and someone who likes to stir things up. You can tell that just from her nickname and board model. Tracy came to the game late, but has proven that with a lot of hard work, a bit of luck, and the right people around you, you can claw your way to the top. Welcome to Slab Body Morning Podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for uh, for jumping on with us. It's a uh, it's a it's a real privilege. Where uh, where are you in the world? I'm in Hawaii, so I'm actually on the north shore of Oahu. So it's 8 p.m. here. I'm yeah. in my pajamas because that's what I do during COVID. <laughs> what time is it over there? How is it seven o'clock already? <laughs> wow, you get up early just for me? Yeah. Oh, it's it's all good. It's uh, actually the perfect time of day to to do it. The house is all quiet. My families and daughters sleep in, so it's um it's a really good time to do it. So, yeah, I love that picture behind you. That's amazing. Yeah, that one. So good. <laughs> so, um, uh, it's it's a long story behind that, but a friend of mine actually has that tattooed on their back, and I was like, "How do I find that? Like, where does That's it come amazing. from?" Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's good. It's quite a famous painting, actually, that's then been manipulated and adjusted into some sort of street arts, uh, graffiti, stencil art stuff. So it took me a long time to find it, but it's all good. That's cool. Yeah, I like it. You guys are having some some recent swell over there in Hawaii. It's been, we've been really jealous watching that. Like, it's that. late season. What's going on? I love that. So every it never fails every may i don't think we've had a june one but we've had a really late may big pipe swell every may we get one good swell so i even have hope there might be another one. Oh, so jealous so yeah, jealous it, it was a three-day long swell actually thursday night i went and it was pretty backwashy but still just good sized pipe and there it was all body borders which is so awesome because it's like it's backwashy right so the surfers are like oh we'll get it tomorrow once the sand has moved right yeah. because it takes a while for the sand to move and um towards the end of the night it got really good and so it was maybe 15 people out and there were maybe one surfer and it got good and then the next day on may 1st was all time 
all the time, but it had a window. It wasn't yeah. like pipe in the winter where it's all day, all time. All day, yeah. Yeah, it was like maybe a three, four hour window. So I was lucky enough. I got the call. It was sorry because we went in the morning and checked it. And I was like, uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to. I used to be able to do the Hubbard and pull like five hour sessions. Nope, not anymore. Can't do it. I get sick. I get like dehydrated sick the next day. So I can pull at maybe tops three and a half, three and a half. And I'm pushing it. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do this, but I don't want to do it right now because it didn't look that good in the morning and it was crowded. So luckily I got the call. I was going to come back anyways, but around 12 o'clock, I would say like 12 to three all time. So good. So oh. yeah, we got really lucky. So, so jealous. I'm in Wales currently, uh, not obviously known cool. for its well, but um, yeah. there's a little pulse today. So I'm watching the time because <laughs> we're going to go do, do a bit of a hunt for something small a little bit later on. But uh, How fun. Yeah, I always yeah. wanted to go there. You guys have, um, what's the name of that wave? There's a really famous wave over there, isn't it? For, like for bodyboarding, right? Cornwall? Uh, no, so, say again? So, so, yeah. <laughs> 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 Cornwall. Um, so that's a coastline. It's, it's, a, it's a county, basically. So it's got, let's oh. uh, say, like 200 different waves um, that you can you can go and find. But it's almost strictly winter conditions. Um, so yeah. you surf through the winter and it's cold. Like you're, it's cold and dark. So you're, you're up in the dark. You get down to the beach. You can't see anything. Five mil hooded wetsuits five formal gloves freezing it's like it's some serious dedication to get up when it's minus one in the morning and head down and like oh I, I can't do this but when it's on it's on so what where do you come from what's the origin story between tracy so yeah so i grew up in northern california and um right on the lake Folsom. i know you maybe heard the johnny cash song that's the only way people ever know where Folsom is Folsom the prison. prison yeah yeah <laughs> <So> there, <laughs> There's lakes and rivers there. So I've always been like a lake and a river rat. And I was the only one that could really swim to the buoys and back at the lake. And uh, I never really thought much of it. And then I played soccer my whole life um, throughout college. Like I wanted to go into the Olympics, but they started benching me in college. So I was like, all right, that kills that dream. Like, I guess I'm not going to the Olympics. Right. So after, after that, I, um, it's a really funny story I started dating a bodyboarder and that was my first experience dating a surfer a bodyboarder because I went to um, University of California Irvine for my undergraduate and uh, my very senior year of college I was dating this bodyboarder and he was so passionate about like hating surfers it was super weird and I had never like dated a surfer or anything because I'm from NorCal and um, he was just like, oh yeah, surfers suck. And he'd go bodyboard in Huntington and he'd come back. And it was funny because the first time that I met him, he came over to my house and he's like, oh, you bodyboard too? He was with his friends. It was like a group of friends getting together at my house. I'm like, yeah, I bodyboard. He's like, oh, where's your bodyboard? And I pointed over to the wall and it was like this pink cheetah leopard print one from Walmart. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. those. Nice that's your bodyboard <laughs> yeah 
I go out all the time. He picks it up and he breaks it over his knee. And he's like, that's not a bodyboard. I'll buy you a real bodyboard. And so we started dating. And obviously it didn't last too long because he was kind of a dick, right? And uh, you say dick, I say legend. (laughs) We're still friends. Like now, you know, now that we're past that phase, we can be friends. But uh, we only dated for like a month. But he bought me my first bodyboard and paraffins, and I had an LMNOP. I don't know if you remember those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LMNOP freak bodyboard and two blunt cut pins. And um, we surfed one time together out in Huntington, and then we broke up. So I actually started body. I had no idea there were other girls that bodyboarded. Like I never saw any, didn't know that they existed. And I was just like, okay, out of spite, honestly, like spite, because he was such a bad boyfriend. It was only a month, but I was young. I was like, okay, like, I'm going to be the best bodyboarder. I'm going to be way better than him. And so I just went out every day, twice a day. Like I lived right across the street from the ocean and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how the ocean worked. I almost drowned every time, but I watched that movie. Um, I think it was Endless Summer, right? Where there was a guy that was interviewed that was older and he was like, I went out every day and no matter what the condition, 30 minutes or three waves, I was out there. So I just did that and then kind of taught myself. And then I entered a competition and when I thought I was good enough, which I was not good enough. I was like six months into it, like a terrible bodyboarder, like didn't know anything. And I entered a competition in Huntington and I saw other girls. I'm like, oh my God, like there's other girls that do this. I like thought I was going to be the only one that entered and they were doing tricks. And I'm like, what are those? (laughs) This So then I ended up meeting, like the girls were really nice, obviously, because I was so terrible and they knew they were going to beat me. I wasn't like a real threat. Uh, I became friends with some really cool like pretty much all of the girls in California because there's really only like a handful I could count them in on my hand and um yeah just started doing surfing with them and when you have someone to actually surf with it's so much more fun and like you said it gets so cold there like I don't want to compare it to where you are because I'm sure it's way colder where you are because I wasn't wearing a 5.4 but we were wearing four threes and it was freezing and if you had your girlfriend to paddle out with you, like, dude, we didn't know what we were doing. There was this one girl that I served with and we would drop in on everybody, but you're beginners. You have to, right? Like, you don't know what you're doing. Like everybody's got to be a kook at some point. So we're dropping in at people and then like flipping them off afterwards. And like, get out of my way. And just super aggro girls, like in Huntington and like went through that whole phase. And, um, and then I, I went to Hawaii. So I went to Hawaii and I had applied for law school. It's kind of a long story, but you know, I'll get there. So that was my first taste of Hawaii. Never been to Hawaii before, um, except like for a month and that's a whole different story. And I was like, I love this. It's Oahu. Like I got a job at Turtle Bay waitressing. I was waiting for my law school application to come back and, um, I got the law school, I got into law school. So I went back to um, Southern California. I did a year of law school, kept bodyboarding. 
changed my mind and said, I don't want to be a lawyer. That's too many days a week. Like I was fully in love with bodyboarding at this point. Right. So I was like, I want to surf all the time. I'm not going to have time for that. Like, I don't want to be a lawyer. I want to work as little as possible. So what can I do? So it's like, Oh, the school system. If I get into the school system, I'll have all this time off right in the summers and um, vacations. So I went back to be a psychologist for the school system. And uh, that was at CSU Northridge. And I, um, that's when I started uh, bodyboarding at Wedge. And that's when bodyboarding really got elevated for me, like realizing there's territorial people, like, oh my gosh, like those guys didn't care. Like when I first showed up there and started bodyboarding there, like they would fight me. Like we would get in physical, aggressive uh, arguments and fights. And just because like I was a newbie and I really wasn't that good. And like, but then I would say after the first maybe couple months of showing up there, like consistently, like those, those guys are my brothers. I literally could call those guys right now and say, I love the wedge boys. Like the ones that were solid there when I was there, which was God, 2000 five to 10, 2005 to 2010. Yeah. That was like, I fell in love with that wave. And I don't know, have you ever bodyboarded at the wedge? No, it's a, it's a dream wave, obviously. Um, yeah. Like it's, it, it's, it's up there with some of the best in the world, but they've got some, some weird rules about when you can bodyboard, like nothing before 10 or nothing after 10. Cause like it's traditionally a body surfing wave apparently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but no, no free, this is going to be a naughty question, but no free pass because you were a girl in the water. You know what is so weird? No, not at <laughs> all. I feel like it's almost even worse. Like I was completely discriminated against and I get it. Like I understand you can't help it sometimes. Maybe that'll change down the line, but women have a long time to go and yeah. I am full on for women's rights, but if a girl shows up at a heavy lineup, everybody's going to look at her like she expects a wave. And so I feel like they almost take it more from her, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll do an analogy at a skate park because I skate too. Like even I, if I am at a skate park and I see a girl show up, all eyes on her. I want to see if she can hit that bowl or yeah. if she's going to bail and hurt herself. Like everybody watches her, right? And so... <laughs> And is, isn't that even more like important in waves of consequence? Like, so, so like the wedge, like it's not just, okay, cool. We don't want to let her have waves. It's like, oh, shit, am I going to have to like pull this person out, out of the water if they don't know right. what they're doing? Like, and like, you, you just never know. So whenever someone new sends up, you're like, and especially if they kind of don't know what they're doing, you're like, well, right. I don't want to have to deal with this. Like, I just yeah. want to surf. Like, I'm not a lifeguard. I'm not getting paid to do it. And that's why, I mean, that's why I got in all of those confrontations when I first started bodyboarding at the wedge is because it's, first of all, it's tough for anybody. Second of all, it's tough for a girl who's trying to, who doesn't know how to surf that well. I mean, I had maybe five years under my belt, so I wasn't that fresh, but five years is still really fresh, really fresh. Yeah. And especially, uh, so jumping back there, especially when you like five years, but you you seem to have started late, like five years for yeah. someone that started at a proper grom. So 10 or 11, or 
17, 18 years old, like, yeah, okay, five years is that's a proper learning curve. Yeah, I um, started at 24. So that wow. was like, yeah, 29, 30. I started bodyboarding wedge and uh, yeah. And so it took, I would say that first, that first summer at wedge was rough, man. I was <laughs> learning it. I got, got in so many um, like arguments and altercations. And then I think something happened the next summer. Like, I think I just got to know the wave a little bit better, the consequences of my actions, how much and how passionate those guys were. And I started hanging out with them outside of the wedge. Like when I kept showing up, they're like, okay, this girl is like passionate. Like we give her so much shit and she's and, still coming. And she's not going away. <laughs> yeah. So then it became that feeling of like brotherhood where I was part of that crew and that stopped like um there would always be the occasional uh well I started dating Chad Stickney who I'm really good friends with now I don't know if you've heard of him he makes yeah 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 yeah, Chad Stickney, yeah cool yeah so he was he was kind of a legend in California and um he and I would get up so that really helped the wedge game too right it's because a couple years into that he um he had, when I came back from Hawaii is when we started dating. And so a couple years into that, we were uh, going every morning, every morning, every night, like that was our thing. And that was like one of the best times of my life was being with a bodyboarder. I mean, I could never be with Chad again for so many reasons. <laughs> I love him to death. We talk on the phone all the time, but it was a really fun time to date yeah. a bodyboarder who was that passionate about it. So, um, we were surfing all the time. And then when we broke up, I was best friends with Anthony Savoji. You know who he is? No. So he was really like best friends with Botha. With Botha. Okay. And he had his own board line through Empire. And he was really like, the, the problem with Anthony is that he was a huge partier. And I would go out and drink with him, but I wasn't like a stay up all night partier. Like I was way more into surfing like that and he tried to do it all so he kind of went um off the charts with bodyboarding and just disappeared off the map love the guy to death but everybody's got their own struggles that they have to deal with and uh so we were we were dating I mean I wasn't dating Anthony I we were like best friends and during that time Chad would still show up so since I wasn't dating Chad God, the conflict in the water. Oh my God. Chad literally would pick sand up off the ground and throw it at me. And it would be like half the guys at Wedge, like, cause we were all like brothers and I was the only sister obviously, but like they would have my back and then Chad would just get at them. And it would be like, <laughs> super, like stupid, stupid childish stuff. And I kept going, like, I'm not going to not go because my ex-boyfriend goes there. And Wedge just became this huge passion. And then he, I stopped seeing him around. I don't know if he started going to Mexico or what his deal was. And then I moved to Hawaii. And that was pretty much the stint of Wedge. But I think that wave, it is such a gnarly wave. And it is so dangerous. Yeah. And it is so... Um, it's so packed with the local group of people 
that it's almost like a totem pole who gets waves on that yeah. cider because I mean you can wait your turn all you want on the cider but it's really about who's the local there and who's going to drop in on you no matter what the peak wave's a little different right it's kind of the same rules for the peak wave whoever's the furthest out people still will drop in on you like Chad would drop in on me no matter what when he was hating me at that point <laughs> that's fine. like I get it like that was almost funny we joke about it now but um but the cider is a whole different story. It's like almost a totem pole. And so going to Hawaii, I felt like the wedge prepared me for pipes so much because yeah. it, I mean, it's a cleaner wave. Pipes a cleaner wave. Yeah. It's more dangerous because the bottom is reef. Yeah. But you could break your neck at wedge. I mean, what about Ron Dog or Ron Jibel? I think that's how you say his name. I, did you hear of him? No. Nah. He ran a whole bodyboarding shop. He he broke his neck and he still like till this day has to wear um he has like crutch things that he wears and just so many stories, you know. And yeah, yeah. It, it's de it's definitely a wave of consequence. You see someone uh, and uh, I think people take take shore breaks maybe for granted that like it's still a huge amount of power just unloading on on oh, what's yeah. it like waste waist deep water. Oh yeah. Um, and I mean, some of that, some of those ways that come through are just huge monsters that are just unloaded. Boom! It's um, we don't have anything like that over here, but oh, it's a dream one day to uh, to surf that. It would be uh, yeah, something yeah. something special. <laughs> yeah, that place has a special special spot in my heart, and I man, the people. I think it kind of set me up for pipe too because it had an audience. You know what I mean? People show up yeah. and they line the beach and they watch and the media's there. I was on the media so many times for being the only girl. I mean, I was the only girl there. I still yeah. don't think there's a girl that goes all the time to wedge. Like it's a scary wave. And I, that blows my mind. I don't understand why there aren't more females that do it. Maybe there's just so few of us that are um, bodyboarders that are passionate about those kind of waves. But um, yeah, I, that, that wave really set me up for Hawaii. It gave me a shocker. Definitely. I think that the, the, the bigger, bigger wave surfing for girls is definitely growing. You've got girls like Valentina Diaz like coming through, like she's charging Mexico. You're just like, oh my God, like how yeah. good are you? Like, and um, there's loads of the South American girls coming up, the Central and South American girls that are coming up and you're like, you girls are like proper, proper charging. Yeah. Um, which is really, really great to see. Like, um, and I've got a little daughter and I'm like, one day, maybe if she chooses that, like, it would be awesome to, to be able to go to places like that and paddle out if I'm still in the right condition. And it's like, oh, just, uh, it would be awesome. Clam Dragger, how did you uh, land yourself, earn yourself uh, that nickname? Where does that come from? Okay, so if you're a surfer, you know where it came from, right? <laughs> and so that's all I'm going to say. Um, but if anybody asked me, like, for work, I would say clamshells used to be a form of currency, right? And so dragging in the waves is an opportunity to make money off dragging. But if you're a surfer, you know exactly where that name came from. And I made it up. Boom, claim that. <laughs> it's, the clam. it's beautiful thank you 
Uh, and it's like, it's kind of like taking the power back. It's like, I'm going to own this. Uh, like, yeah, it is. Uh, and it's kind of like, also like, don't take yourself so seriously. It's yeah, bodyboarding. Absolutely. You know yeah. what I mean? We're not out here trying to collect clams and make a million dollars. Like we're yeah. out here to have fun and have a little fun with it. You know, don't take it so seriously. So, um, yeah, I think that's important for people to remember is that it's all right now. There is no money in bodyboarding. Like the people that make money off of it are the best in the world, let alone best surfers and bodyboarders. Like, yeah. And they're making way less than what Kelly Slater would make. Like Jesus. And they're surfing the same waves, if not better waves than him. And it's just like, I don't understand how we got so low. Like how did we get so low on the totem pole when we were so big before? But yeah, I have some thoughts on that. Like, I, don't, I, I don't know if they're popular thoughts, but um, it's kind of like, I, and some of it falls on like, like my generation. I think we're probably not far off the same age, give or take, but um, there's a huge, there's a massive gap in, in the generations of bodyboarders. Like, so from 2000 and like 2010 to 2018, so it just evaporated off the face of the wor- world. Like, like it just disappeared even earlier than that, probably. And um, most of the the bodyboarders that I speak to are kind of sadly like almost middle aged, like 35 to 45. Yeah. Like pushing pushing that. Um, there's obviously the this big resurgence with the um, the vintage bodyboard collectors in Australia. I've, I don't know if you've seen that kind of movement um like it's it's growing it's getting it's it's on the comeback big time like i hope so it's I um, out, i'm telling you like yeah. i can't even imagine i i'm friends with carla she lives out here too yeah and i just hear stories and i i mean i recently made friends with vicky real i don't know if you know who yeah, she is. Yeah. she came out for the contest uh last two years ago and she was just telling me about how she had this like allowance to travel and how she made all this money. And I'm like, dude, what? Yeah. Like I, I was born in the wrong generation. So yeah, it's for me, it's just like, this is a hobby. I have to have a full-time job. Like I own property out here and I'm a landlord, like all day today, I was getting my um, rental ready to go and plant and stuff. And I've learned so much about houses and how to fix them and like <laughs> stuff I never thought I would have to do. So it's just crazy to me that that could have been a job for someone. Yeah. It's um, you were talking a second ago about like that, uh, the, the froth of being a bodyboarder. Like, I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to like, but in the nineties, late nineties, two thousands, like, that decision was like so is was so common and bodyboard was like i want to be a professional bodyboarder like and that was an option like that was legitimate like you're like you can choose to be a professional bodyboarder like no one now and well very very few people get to to kind of look at it and be like right i'm gonna be this is my job this is what i'm gonna do yeah um, i know so even the top guys they're all like even Jared, like Jared Houston, I mean, they're all looking at that like side income. Like, he's a world champion, but he has a business. And and um, Pierre uh, has uh, just started up a coaching camp. Like, they're all doing these things on the side. So Pierre That's now so, has a, yeah. a, 
a coaching camp in in Portugal where like a lot of their revenue, a lot of their income comes from like just doing it themselves, which is kind of interesting to see that like these guys now with, with social media, they have their own marketing platforms. They don't have to rely on magazines. They don't have to rely on anybody else. They can just go straight to the source, which is, um, I think it's, it's building a new type of, uh, new type of bodyboarder that is kind of almost self-sufficient. Yeah. Um, the, loads of guys, obviously Mike, like Mike Stewart, they've got their own boards. They've got their own brands. Right. And they're just selling um, s- straight to the source and bypassing everyone else, which is r- really cool. Um, yeah. So maybe we'll see, a, I don't know, just a new generation of entrepreneurial bodyboarders as opposed to professional bodyboarders. I don't know if there's a, like. Yeah, no, I've even thought about that. I'm like, you know, I love Empire and 662. They have been nothing but amazing to me. Um, they gave me my own board. Yeah. Um, I absolutely, like, that was a dream. That and Winning Pipe, done them both. And I'm like, okay, I don't know where to go from here. Like, I don't want to quit, but I also don't know what else I'm supposed to do because like, what do I do? Do I go on the world tour? Like I, I did that already. And I, I mean, I got the, the best USA um, competitor on the world tour. It was like 11th out of the tour, but I just don't know what else to do with bodyboarding, but except the entrepreneurial stuff. Like yeah. maybe I could do some type of clam dragger thing or get girls really psyched on it. And that would be amazing to get more girls into it. Cause I really think bodyboarding is better than surfing for women. And it doesn't mean that it, I think it's awesome for men. I mean, my boyfriend was a surfer and of what, 15 years, 20 years. And he met me and now he's a bodyboarder. He loved it much better. I mean, he loves both, but he, we only bodyboard. Like he doesn't take a surfboard. He just thinks it's so cool. And yeah. I think exposing more people to that women too, because of it, it's such a good leg workout compared to like with men. it's like, I mean, you can yeah. do both, but I, I think if women were more exposed to it, it would catch on and maybe it could get really big again, but. So we, we have an interesting thing that's going on here um and they have it in australia is the the introduction of to of wave pools into the scene yeah um which is i mean you you can't you can't talk to any uk-based body water now without the, the the conversation of wave pools coming in into it and um it's just you you look at the accessibility that it creates for and also the uh, the the kind of um Oh, lost the word now but the visibility that it creates for our sport exposure it's yeah. just a exposure you're just like it's a different it's a whole different ball game um like the the quality of the wave pools okay the waves are not big they're just really small one to two footers and stuff like that but they do bowl you can get barreled and i was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine like the stoke is still there and um if you when you can build a wave pool 200 miles inland next to a big city you're just like wow like okay now and you've got consistent it's guaranteed waves and the progression is just like guys are just moving so quickly um and the thing with surfing 
you look at surfers and uh like surfing the start out for surfing is rough like it takes you ages to be able to stand up and ride away but a bodyboard two or three sessions and you can get you get barreled like and that and that's that, what i that's what i've said too is like um i've had people say ask me like at pipe like why don't you surf like you could be making so much money if you surf and i'm like i wouldn't be here if i surfed like i started late there's no way that i could have progressed that fast yeah as a surfer like yeah. no way so i that's why a bodyboard is amazing Let's talk about the 2019 Mike Stewart Invitational and what happened there. Because you've obviously, you've written your blog post. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, um, I wanted to stir it up. Um, I think life is short. Obviously by my name, I like to stir things up. And it's very important, especially with my job, that people know the difference between equality and equity. Yeah. And so... I think it's rad that they let the women compete with the men. Don't get me wrong. That's totally fine if they want to do that. Some of the men don't think so. I mean, if you want to talk to the men in the competition, some of them were pissed they had to go up against girls. They're like, if I lose to this girl, I'm going to feel like an idiot. And I know, yeah, I get it. We're behind the times and women are put in a different category. So that's just a mental thought that they had. But not everybody was happy that the women were competing with men that were men. As far as women go, there were only a couple that were really happy about it. Equity means giving everyone the equal opportunity to succeed at something. Yeah. Equality means giving them all the same thing. So the Mike Stewart competition gave the women equality and said, you guys can compete with the men. The only way you're going to win money is if you get first, second, third, fourth, or whatever in the men's division, yeah. which I am not going to do, I'm not going to get up there. And even the top women, maybe the top women could on a good day. Uh, I'll give them that. I'm not going to, I'll tell you that right now. But if you were to put me against the women, I think I could win a pipeline competition. Yeah. Easily. On, on the day, like it's. Easily, especially if it's a big, heavy day. Like I know that wave so well. And no girls are ever at pipe unless they're visiting on vacation and there's a swell during their vacation, right? Yeah. So it's very rare that I get to surf with a handful of women that are at pipe together. I want to know in a day when it's only women out there, who would win in a competition? And we weren't yeah. given that chance. That's called equity when yeah. you are all given the equal opportunity to succeed. We weren't given that opportunity to succeed. We were put into the men's category and called equal. So I know you read my blog and I think the best analogy is the blocks. So for those of yeah. the people that haven't read it, um, equality is everybody is standing trying to watch a baseball game and there's one kid that's short and he can't see over the fence. There's one kid that can see just the fence line and there's one kid that can see. So they are not given anything. They have the equal opportunity to see, or they're all given one block, right? 
So the short kid goes up, he still can't see. And the other two kids go up. One guy can see and the other one um, can barely see over. Equity is the short kid is given two blocks so he can see fine. The kid who could only needs one block gets one block. He can see fine. And the guy who's the tall guy, he doesn't get anything. And they all can see. And so that's what I wanted is a women's division. So we had the opportunity to earn money. We're still not there yet. I mean, surfing is there. They have women's division now. Uh, it's law. It just passed in Hawaii. I'm not sure if it passed worldwide, but it was a big deal when it passed in Hawaii that if there is a men's event, there needs to be a woman's event that matches that with equal prize purse money. So if we had that, I don't know how we could have that because we don't have enough women contestants. So that's a whole different level. Just give us our own division. I don't know why they took that away. It's almost like, it's almost like they're taking away women's bodyboarding uh, because there are people I know like um, there are women in Hawaii that have won world tours that did not compete in the Mike Stewart pipeline competition because they did not want to go up against them. And it was sad to see them not do it. And I still want to do it. I want to surf bike. I don't care. There's four people out there. Like, I don't care. I'm still yeah. I don't care if it's again, I don't care if I'm going to lose. I'm still going to do it. There's four people out. But I know like Jessica Becker, she didn't even compete. And she surfs pipe on a rare occasion. I'll see her out there. But um, she didn't even do it. She's like, I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous. Carla Costa Taylor. Um, it was just like, everybody was really bummed about it. So that's why I wrote the article is just to let people know. I mean, I had reached out to Mike before he got back to me after the contest and was like, oh, that's a good idea. We should have done, you know, um, a women's division, but it's like, it should have been, it should have been, it should have never been taken away. I don't know why it was start with because it's almost like taking away from the fact that there are women out there that bodyboard yeah it's really just mind-blowing to me so um it's so difficult to kind of get that balance of equality seemed like a good idea and on paper you're like okay let's give the the woman equality and let them compete within the men's division but in actual fact that's almost detrimental to kind of to women's sport it's it's, it's a really yeah. Difficult and ones. I think what made me write the article, what made me the angriest about that competition was that they ranked the women and we did not compete against women. So they ranked yeah. us first, second, third, fourth, totally unjustified. We went on different days. Like yeah. I was seated. So the day before that, I, uh, the day before um, the waves were firing fired on the day that I went it was on and off firing right my heat was absolute dog crap absolute dog crap and it is so sad because there were some moments in the day when it was firing but if you talk to any person in my heat like it was a hard session at pipe and so my score that I got in that heat was compared to another girl's score on a different day in a heat with different competitors. So if I'm seated, I'm competing against men that are further up, that are better, and they're catching 
way, they have more of a skill level. I don't know. It's just that it would have been okay. I, I mean, to compete against the men, if they wouldn't have ranked us according to that, if they would have just put us up against the men and then had us all start in the first heat as women, you know what I mean? But we're yeah. still in the men's division. So that way we're really competing against the women. And then as we succeed and get seated that way, then we go up against the men to the top. That's yeah. fine. But like to throw us in against the men and be like, oh, you got first, second, third, fourth and put you on the podium for that. Like that, it was really just uncalled for. And yeah. it, it made me write the article pretty much. So it's like, <laughs> no, this is not fair. This is not equity. Yeah. So good, yeah. good intentions just poorly implemented this kind of exactly like, and i yeah. think um mike understood that he did write me back afterwards and like i said he was like oh that's like, that was a good idea we should have done that you know but uh i think it's just bodyboarding right now everyone's hustling to get permits and get it back like we lost the pipe contest for a while yeah. so it's just the organization of it once it gets back into okay here's how it's going and now that um you know the world tour is being organized differently too that's going to be really interesting it's, I, yeah. I can't wait to see how that plays out. So, so, um, so a question to throw at you is that in in the world that we're in now, where everyone is hustling, where it's like it's really hard, permits, funding, all that. What is stopping women just going up and doing it on their own? Like, why why is it that women? And I, this, I have to be very careful what I say. Why, like, why is always women picky, piggybacking? Like, why is it a, a competition with a woman's kind of category? Why not? And like, obviously, like, uh, Surf and Sea, the women's pipeline event, like, that's yeah. exclusively women. You went and Love won that. that. Like, congratulations. Love like, that. That's like, why aren't, why aren't there more just women just going out and doing it on their own? Like, you know, I've just got to do it. I'm just going to do it and make a freaking clam dragger pipeline final. I've thought about it, honestly. Like, I think I could be a, a really organized person because even the women's pipeline pro that had surfing, longboarding, and bodyboarding, yeah. they lost their, their permit. They can't have another one until 2023. It's like, I'm not sure what it takes to have your permit done, but I'm pretty sure it's just filing on time signatures and organization fees, et cetera. I know it's expensive. I mean, I don't know, but it would be worth a shot. So maybe I should try that. That would be pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at it as like, the, like what's, what is stopping women from just stepping up and just being like, right. Yeah. Okay. Equality. Let's like, equality is cool, but let's make our own equity. Like let's yeah. go out there and just create it for ourselves. I mean, like the, that uh, surf and sea, like that's a perfect example of it. Of, yeah of something where and that's a legitimate like that's a legitimate title that no one can can say anything about no one can challenge it it's like right good we did this on our own um, yeah. which is super cool like i really really like that um and i wish it was like i wish there was more of that across around the world like of just like woman only events where it's, God, that would be so cool, huh? Like women woman, events and then men's events so that the men can have their thing and we can have our thing and it would be equal and equitable and yeah, we could all hold hands at the end and sing kumbaya. Yeah. Like it would be rough. <laughs> <laughs> or like a woman's event that, that men were 
kind of men had their own category like we have yeah. to fight for our own category i mean that would just be that would just be awesome <laughs> no i agree i mean honestly i don't see how if that law passed how there can't be a men's category now in the women's pipeline right because it's got to be equitable so yeah. we'll see how that plays out it's, yeah it's a really interesting world that we live in now with the whole like feminist women's movement and I see it in both I see both cards I see yeah. I see both cards so I I understand both points of view um but yeah it's a, it's a really interesting time in the world to be a woman right now I'll tell you that yeah yeah I, I'm I have I don't know what that looks like but I have a daughter and I'm like she's really young she's just just about to turn two and I look at the world that she's going to grow up in and I want to give her every opportunity that I can I fight for every opportunity that that like I can for her and also empower her to fight for her own opportunities like just like what is she going to go out there and, and achieve um which is really exciting and terrifying at the same time it's kind of <laughs> so good, for good. You though, yeah yeah um so back in the day in the 90s 80s where when you open a bodyboarding magazine you would see pictures of dudes ripping like bodyboarders, like the guys were going hard and then there would be pictures of girls in bikinis. Right. So there's that difference between the kind of like that empowerment versus exploitation. The funny thing with bodyboarding now and, and looking through Instagram, spending loads of time on Instagram, and that's kind of my source material, reaching out to bodyboarders and especially girl bodyboarders, is that that hasn't changed. Like even though like we've come so far in terms of like, what the world looks like and the, the ideas and stuff like that but you still see every girl's every top level bodyboarder girl out there has got some bodyboarding pics but loads of kind of like bikini pics and that like and it's it's something that's it's interesting to me is like that empowerment versus exploitation you're like how does that work nowadays like what's going on there why I don't know if you understand that kind of concept. Yeah, I the totally question. understand that. And I think about that a lot too. I know when I, so I was late to Instagram or what's considered late. I think I've only had an account for maybe four years. And when I first started it, oh my God, I had to delete so many pics. Like I would post bikini butt pics. I'd post whatever. And it, it gets you a lot of followers. Like I'm not yeah. going to lie. And I yeah. think a lot of it has to do with that game in your head. It's almost like a game that you're playing that says, how many followers will I get if I post this butt photo? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I played that game for a little while, not going to lie. Um, and then I started feeling like, uh, why am I getting more followers from a butt photo than I am from me at a giant barrel at pipe like it was really really sad yeah and it made me feel like I almost wanted to just get off Instagram like this is disgusting so I and I still post I'll still post photos of me in a bikini but they're never like um they're never like lewd or uh too saucy yeah. And, and I know that there are girls that do that. And I, I like a lot of the girls that do that. And I think it's just that game. A lot of it has to do with a game in your head. I would say yeah. to just say how many people are going to like this photo. Can I grow my Instagram that way? 
Um, so I've tried to shy away from that in my, in the past couple of years on Instagram. Um, but a, a, another part of it too, is that if you look at a page, anyone's page, and you look at someone's page and it's just bodyboarding photos, kind of boring, kind of boring. If you open up the page and you're like, okay, barrel, 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 barrel. But if you see a waterfall photo or you see a hiking photo or that you're like, oh, versatile, cool. So I've been doing that more often because it just makes like the color and it might, maybe it's just me, but it's like, it makes the color of your page looks different when there's greens in there and there's this there instead of just wave, 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 wave. It's almost boring, right? So when you switch it up, it's more of like a versatile thing. Um, but yeah, I definitely think like the whole uh, exploitation that women do and then they want to say, oh, women's rights. Like it's a very contradictory, uh, contra like thing that they're doing, and it's um, it's just that mix of okay, I don't want to exploit myself, but I'm going to, and just because that's what I feel like I need to do to get followers. Yeah. Honestly, like just gonna say it how it is, and I don't see that there's any other reason behind it. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's the line that I've kind of, so say again, I've been there and done that. So I'm yeah. not pointing fingers. I'm just saying like, I, I don't see. And I mean, we, us bodyboarder chicks, like we have really nice bodies. So cool. Go for it. <laughs> you want to do it? Like, awesome. I'll do it too. Like no problem. But it's just that kind of self-reflection where you're like, once you get to that point where you're like, wait, why am I really doing this? Yeah. Like why is, and then, when it makes you mad and you get to the point where you post a really good bodyboarding photo and you get like barely any likes and you're like, what the hell? You yeah. liked my butt, but you don't like this. That's when you get to the point, I think where I'm at, where I'm just like, all right, like I don't even care anymore. You know? so, yeah. yeah. Super frustrating. It's, it's a, it's a line that I've kind of personally had to, to, to walk is that trying to grow my Instagram profile and my page and, and the brand that I'm kind of working towards um and kind of thinking well i could i could just po post some some bodyboarding butt pics of like girls in bikinis but like do do i want to do that like or do i want to <clears throat> post a pic of you or ayaka or, or or valentina like all absolutely ripping big waves um and it's a it's a weird kind of like tightrope that you're walking of and I, I think it's good. I think it's good that you think about that. I also think it's fine to post pictures of the girls in bikinis with their bodyboard about to paddle out. Like that's not a, like we bodyboard in our bikinis. I bodyboard yeah. in my bikini and that's totally yeah. cool. Like, and if anybody has a problem with that, I don't think that's exploitation. I think that's just realism. Like this is the way yeah. it is. We're beautiful. And if you think we're exploiting ourselves, that's too bad. It's the shots where we're not with our bodyboard. Yeah. Where we're like, okay, I am just doing this because I am beautiful and I want the world to acknowledge I'm beautiful and you're stepping out of that bodyboard realm. Yeah. So it's a little awkward, awkward kind of uh, negotiation there with those ones. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and yeah, like I said, having a daughter, I'm kind of like, what would I be happy with? Kind of like, right. like looking at her and, and trying to teach her to the world may not value 
that image, but you need to value yourself like and your achievements and that and I don't know, surround yourself with people and that that will value and, and give you self affirmation for like your achievements versus just like what you look like. It's kind of yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's Instagram's a weird world. <laughs> oh my god, I know. A, and I love it too. There's a lot of um there's a lot of different body types of bodyboarders. And I yeah. love seeing that with women because I mean we're not shy. And that is really fantastic because that's another way of empowerment. If you do see a woman bodyboarder in a bikini and she doesn't have a perfect body, like I don't want you to blur out your cellulite. I don't want you to shrink your body. Like I want to see like how women look and the curves that we have. So I think it can also be a way of empowerment. It just depends on who and how they're doing it. So I think if you teach your daughter that way, then it sounds like you're doing a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, Let's talk about the clam dragger. The, um, your, your, your board your, that, that's come out. It came out in June 2020. Is that correct? Oh, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I think it's yeah. been, yeah, about a year now. Uh-huh. About a year. So what went into the design process and like, is, is finding a pro model board for a smaller rider a real problem? It was really hard. Like, you know, like it takes years and years to find your right size and then you find the right board and then they stop making that board and you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So I rode the Carla Costa Taylor for a long time in Hawaii and I loved that board and they stopped making it. So then I started riding the Botha um, and Empire and uh, I loved that board. It was a little thick for me, not going to lie. I am, I mean, Botha's a big guy, right? And so uh, I wanted a board that could handle the types of waves that the both board could um but i also wanted to be able to maneuver it better like to hold it better when i did rolls and like grasp it better and uh so what i did is i made i made the specifications so that it was fit for smaller riders so a little bit thinner than the yeah. both board and um as far as the width goes and also um the still same kind of grasp ability as far as the specs are different so that you can still like I drop me I I'm not good at it like I wouldn't enter a contest or anything but I want to be able to do that still and so finding the right specs where I could still do drop me I could still drop into waves that were heavy and big and have it's almost like I would say the Carla Costa Taylor board um, which is not made anymore. And the both board combined and those specs okay. kind of made into a uh, body board for smaller riders, like what you were saying, so that it's a little bit thinner and easier to grasp, but still really durable and fast in those waves. Because when I drop into a pipe wave, all I want to do is get out of it. Like, honestly, I want to go <laughs> as fast as I can. And I want to have the flexibility. I want to have the flexibility to stall out when I feel like I'm safe yeah if that makes sense yeah, yeah on that board and then also I want to be able to to do tricks and have the speed to be able to hit the lip and the lightness and control over the board to 
you know, throw 360s or do rolls or anything I'm trying to do. So sweet. Yeah, definitely. Like finding a board is, especially when you're not in that kind of like middle category of rider. It's like you're either on the smaller end or like me on the bigger end. It's, it's, uh, it takes years. And to, when, then you find something, you're like, yes. And then it, they discontinue it or it's not available oh in your country. It's so frustrating. To make my board, I must have been tweaking it for at least a year and a half before I was like, they approached me about making a board before and I was still tweaking it. I was like, I want it to be absolutely perfect, you know, because it, it was such a big deal for me that I wanted yeah. to make sure that what I was releasing was something that I could stand by. So we've actually got the second edition that's coming out now. It's the same specs, just different colors. So it's really exciting to know that it's just continuing to be made. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really, really cool right. really cool what's next for you like obviously COVID is a is a bit of a hassle and you said you're kind of not sure but what's next on the on the roster what I'm always looking to travel like I said I have a really flexible job so okay. I can travel and do um pretty much any content I love that the new contests are in different places like South Africa like I have never been there I would love to go there and a contest just pushes you to go right yeah so I would love to do another world tour in places that I haven't been I don't think I would go back I love Portugal as a country but uh besides Nazare uh which is where they I competed before I mean I don't like Sintra um does anybody <laughs> yeah I, I don't know what, but the fact that the, it it pays so well I mean I made pretty good money off Sintra you know and I didn't place very yeah. high here so I just think I think, I think that's the I draw card it. obviously oh sorry yeah. to interrupt you there I mean that's the draw card of Sintra it's like yeah you're probably just not going to get good good swell or good waves but uh at least you're going to make some cash off it yeah totally <laughs> so that was fun but um I had a really good time doing the world tour, but I, I commend the women that do it as a profession because I could not do that as a profession. Um, you literally have to spend your whole two weeks in that one little area just practicing on that. You don't really get to travel. Yeah. So I would take it kind of on a lighter side and just go and travel and then do the contest um, and be, make sure I was there to do the contest. I think that would be fun. Also, um, I do own a house in Hawaii. So I was thinking of possibly um, renting out my main house and maybe moving to New Zealand or moving. I want to move somewhere else to a new wave. Um, You know, I've been in Hawaii 10 years now and I just feel like, man, living on a little tiny rock like that. Like I feel like I know every hike I know. And it's, I am so grateful. I love this place I love not wearing a wetsuit and I love everything about Hawaii but life is short I want to see other things I want to do other things I want to um surf other waves and you know there's a move coming sometime soon and I'm not sure where and I know it's not going to be mainland America so it'll be another country and that's really exciting so I'm just and that's like maybe I would say two or three years away cool cool well that seems like a really kind of fitting place to uh, to leave it is there anyone any sponsor anything you want to give a shout out to and who are your current sponsors and stuff like that like definitely so um empire boards 
I mean, they're, they're hands down, in my opinion, the best board out there. They're, um, it's a woman run company, which is interesting. Um, Bosa also helps run it. So he's got like, a definitely uh, impact and influence on that. So there is a, you know, top name bodyboarder making a lot of good decisions for empire. Um, along with Eddie Solomon's uh, uh, widow, Tamara Solomon. And it's just a really good company. And it's all just straight from the heart. So I love Empire and 662. I mean, it's the, it's the only place to get boards out here in Hawaii, honestly. Like, and it's just a, a really good bodyboard shop. They're online. They have one in California as well. Um, which is the main factory and huge. And um, I have a wetsuit sponsor, uh, Flat Rock, which is based out of Australia. I don't know if you've heard of them or not, but uh, such an awesome company. They use that Japanese Lycra uh, material. So it's just like amazing. And Ally Swim Fins, they are my favorite fins. I can't use the Vipers. I've tried. It's, I think fins are a very touchy subject with people, like which big time. So Ally Swim fins, they're stiff. They, you know, get me where I want to go. I love them. And that's that's it for my sponsors. I have um, Speedo USA that I'm working with right now, and I I am so stoked because they're a huge company and. Um, we are, we're doing, um, United States brand swimwear that they're opening for bodyboarding. So that's a huge window for bodyboarding as well. So wow. yeah, that's really I cool. know that's a really huge one. So I actually have another meeting with them on Monday regarding their paradise collection. So they've been giving me stuff. I mean, they don't pay me or anything, but they, they're recognizing that, you know, bodyboarding is kind of vintage and I think they're going that avenue so let's see how that goes so it should be interesting cool very very cool really enjoy that thank you so much Tracy for uh, for jumping on and um hopefully we'll, we'll chat again soon in the, in the future yeah thanks for the opportunity and let me know if you ever come to Hawaii I'll hook you up for sure oh that'd be absolutely awesome The Slab Bodyboarding Podcast brought to you by Thunderbomb Surf Camp and Hempoid CBD Oil. Use code SLAB23 to get your discounts. Next time, we'll be talking to the newly formed UK Bodyboarding Association. Chatting to a few of the committee members, we'll get to know a little bit more about them, what they stand for, and what they can offer bodyboarding in the UK. Thanks for listening. You.